Good morning and welcome to another Philosophy Pod. This morning we are having another look, or a more in-depth look, at uh, Scientology and cults, um, and whether Scientology is a cult or not. Um, last time we discussed uh, some features of Scientology, we looked at some of the features of what we think a cult is, um, and we tried to maybe make some of those links. However, we also recognised that some of the things that we identified uh, as, as features that might be, um, you know... Cult-like. Cult-like, thank you. Um, could perhaps be um, criticised of um, in terms of other religions. So um, that's what we looked at last time, and today we're going to have uh, even more, uh, as I would say, a more in-depth look at that. Um, and so we're going to have a look at what makes any idea dangerous. Uh, and Miss Totsi had, uh, had already done some extra research on this, so I'll hand over to her. Yeah, my extra research in the shape of a documentary on Netflix. Um, so this documentary was all about cults, explained, um, highly recommend it. Um, but it identified, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven features, or seven elements of indoctrination that cults usually possess that make them cults and dangerous rather than perhaps um, a group of or a community that is more or less dangerous, more positive. Um, so the first one is they usually catch you when you're at a crossroads, when you're uh, changing your life and they give you the soft sell. So they might get speaking to you at an event um, and kind of ease you in. They then open your eyes to this new reality and reveal this whole different way of thinking. Um, and they introduce you to their dear leader, um, who is who is seen as godlike. And for a lot of these cult-like groups, they are seen as God on earth. Um, they then create a distinction between us and them and they create an enemy and they try to change your view on other people, those that are outside of the cult-like community. And there's a lot of peer pressure that goes on um, and essentially the leader is, as this documentary describes them, a sociopathic narcissist. And it's all about them. Um, so so those are seven features. Would that leader have to be a physical person? Um, that's a really good question. It usually, or it has been a lot of the time, um, but I guess not necessarily alive still, because I was thinking for like the Jim Jones, he was a physical person. Um, in um, Scientology, like the one we were speaking about last week, we had Ron Hubbard. Mm. Elmer Lauren Hubbard, yeah. Sounds like a name from Harry Potter. Um, and he was he was seen as the key person, wasn't he, as well? We've got Charles Manson as that person. Um, so, yeah, and even with the Moonies, they have the main man. So I think they do need someone there, but I guess they will obviously die at some point. I'm just thinking, I know we touched on this a bit last week, but the sort of the whole finding someone at a crossroads and showing them a new way of thinking, that doesn't inherently seem bad because if you think that happens with sort of, even not religiously or 
cultish at all, just sort of up until the point where you introduce them to the leader, that, that seems very positive. It's like putting someone on what you think is the right path, helping them, guiding them through a difficult time. And, and then as soon as you bring in a leader, it's sort of... But then whether, whether that is quite difficult, because if you look at kind of evangelis, evangelism and stuff, it's kind of that leader would be God, and there's very little difference there, but obviously it's, it's not a sort of, at least my experience of it, it's not then an enemy and an us and them, that's the only differing point. Unless you see the them as those that you have to convert. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was just looking at this and list, thinking about what I listened to on the news with Donald Trump coming over. Like, even in politics, you know, thinking about Brexit, like, people... All of these kind of fit, like mm-hmm. talking about enemies and peer pressure and having this leader that's like the dear leader. It's not quite the same, mm-hmm. but there are elements there. That indoctrination, perhaps, in this sense, is inescapable in lots of different mm. passages of life. I mean, it's, it, these, are, these are really interesting kind of um, features recognize i mean in in the documentaries i've seen on scientology i think there's a lot of the the kind of the crossroads and then the soft cell but then then the the interesting thing for me with scientology is the new reality because what i was going to talk about in in this podcast or one of the things that i wanted to mention in this podcast was that in scientology one of the interesting features about it is that they don't actually tell you everything about the religion until you're fully signed up and you actually have to work quite hard to get to operating Thetan level three. You've done a lot of research. I have done a lot. I've watched, I've, I've watched these documentaries twice. I've watched two documentaries twice. Um, and as soon as you get to operating Thetan level three, that's when they tell you what the religion actually believes. Wow. So they don't tell you about the souls of dead aliens and all of that. Obviously that information is out there now. Yeah. But in the church itself, itself you don't actually get told all the information from a church leader until you have reached a certain stage i think that also involves a financial commitment Mm. to get to that stage so it's as if in scientology you you, they kind of they really win with with the stuff like the soft cell and the stuff that they you know that's positive about the religion and then they don't actually tell you kind of quote-unquote the craziest stuff or the, or the more extraordinary stuff until you're kind of a fully signed up member I think so you don't run away straight away. I feel like that's an element of cults and a type of cults that we've kind of overlooked. We've thought about these kind of quasi-religious, spiritual cults, but there are actually a lot of just business based cults where it's to do with putting your money in Mm. and exploiting Mm. you through that and it's the same structure but it's just to do with money Um, and Scientology seems to be a kind of combination of both of them. And when it's your whole world, that Mm. fifth element, when it's your whole world I suppose you're happy to convert the last Mm. part of you which is your wallet. Mm. I don't think there's anything like inherently within those criteria that makes it bad so to speak. I, I think Maybe the sociopathic. I don't know those. <laughs> <laughs> well, the businesses well, have those, don't they? Yeah, I mean, if and that's what makes them successful. Yeah. yeah, I mean, as long as like the sociopathic narcissistic leader isn't like putting his sociopathic 
nature onto you, then as long as it gives like a net positive to a community or to a society, there's nothing within those criteria that leads to it being an issue. Uh, I think Scientology, I mean, is an issue, but more because of how it is so, uh, once you're in, you're in. And how you can't, you lose your personal autonomy to decide that I don't want to be within Scientology anymore. I'm going to throw something controversial out just because I quite like questioning all these things. Absolutely. Okay, the idea that once you're in a part of like a social community, you lose a bit of your own personal identity and you find it really difficult to get back out. To me, that sounds like peer pressure and like social groups, just social groups generally. Like in school, you might end up in a group that you don't, you feel like you lose your identity as part of and then you feel really difficult to get out. Um, I, I can see that in lots of different it's like places. If you're, if you're supporting a football team and you go down the pub every week to watch the game with the same people, if you try and leave, you're gonna, it's not going to be the easiest thing in the world. No, but there's, there's a difference between having, let's say we both support the same football team and they're doing terrible like Arsenal, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I decide I want to stop supporting Arsenal, and then Sir says, oh, you're a glory hunter, that's it, that's the level of uh, mental torment that I receive. Yeah, but that's an oversimplification, well, that's not always well, true. Well, no, but in direct relation to Scientology, there's accounts of, like, people getting stalked, and people, like, physically being restrained, and having threats put upon them not to leave that, the cult, um, I'm just going to call it religion, but, um, yeah, so I think in that sense, there, there is a big difference between being a member of a social group and then being a member of something where you're physically threatened by your I guess it's a scale, isn't yeah. it? And it's just trying to pinpoint where exactly on the scale it moves from a perhaps a positive community to a um, the, the I mean, the expectation of your continued, like, membership of a social group is, in a way, like, a primary characteristic of a social group. Because if you thought that everyone within a group would then leave whenever and would have no issue leaving, you probably wouldn't be able to maintain, like, a cohesive group because you'd be so untrustworthy of what people might do. But there's an element where, in order for it to be a good thing, you still need to be able to maintain that right to withdraw yourself from it, even if it might take some like mental difficulties or whatever. But when it comes to physical like restraint on you, that's when it, it is clearly an issue and a clear distinction between that and just a normal social group. Have you read the book Educated by Tara Weston? So that's a book about a woman who grew up in a family of um, Mormons, but they were fanatical Mormons, or the dad was a fanatical Mormon. And Mormonism, I wouldn't say it's a cult. I don't Why not? Oh, I don't, I don't think. But there Why would you? a narcissist who said he was the next prophet, oh. who walked around, walked around uh, or Jesus Smith. Yeah, like medals 
didn't he? And he said yeah, he's going to be king at the age of ten. Oh no, am I thinking of? No, he he was in he was in kind of 18, Western America. It's like forties. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, maybe it is. But that's quite a socially accepted cult, yeah. isn't it? That's well, quite well, like I mean, a harmless. I would actually say that most people would call it a religion. Yeah. Most people would. I think it's got elements, though. But then doesn't every religion have elements of a cult? Because... The capacity. Yeah. To be cult-like. And, and this, is, this, is the, this is the issue. This is so difficult. This is so difficult. What? And I think, I think... I think what we have to try and work out is... I, th- I, th- I think it's a scale. I think it's a scale. You have cult here, you have religion here. And all religions and cults fit somewhere on the scale. It's very, very difficult to draw a line on that scale and say, that's definitely a cult, that's definitely a religion. But I think it's probably fair to say that some are more religion-like and some are more cult-like. I think the point that Sammy made about consequences of the... Mm actions and beliefs I think that's really important the sad thing is is that you don't know those until we've had those consequences so like the Jim Jones massacre the the people the leader of the people's temple um, they you know I think there were just under a thousand people that committed suicide all on one day um, and so and you know Charles Manson as well his sort of following was seen as a cult um, I mean, I was just thinking, like, the one problem with, I think, creating a cult religion distinction is that, let's say you've got Person X. Person X is, believes that alien souls went inside us, blah, 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 blah. But what they, their belief, it's harmless. They do nothing to force that belief on someone else. It's just what they hold and they believe to be themselves and they find Scientology a useful tool for themselves. Uh, I find there's issue with then saying that because of the actions of others or because of our perception of what you believe in, you we then designate what you believe in to be a bad thing. Whereas there isn't something maybe innately... I mean, there's nothing innately evil within believing that alien souls went inside your body and your job is to escape those souls mm. was what we're identifying as the evil or bad nature of Scientology is that how it behaves and acts towards other people mm. but by labeling it as a cult for the individuals that simply hold that belief but don't Actually, act in a way yeah. that leads to negative consequences the label of cult I think presents an issue mm-hmm. because it's like saying if, if you use that logic and then applied it to religion or to like Christianity, you could say that the average Christian like believes in the Crusades or condones the Crusades. Mm. That's an interesting distinction between thought mm. and action. Mm. Um, it's like, yeah, that's yeah, that's an interesting distinction. I think if if the actions are manipulative and selfish. I think it's it's more dangerous if we're not going to draw a distinction between religion and cult. It's certainly more dangerous. Mm. I don't. Yes, there is selfishness everywhere because people are, if you're Thomas Hobbes, fundamentally selfish. But um, I think most what we would call religions try to not to be 
that's probably a huge generalization. Um, they try to to do good. Um, again, I say that with some trepidation. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I, I'll, I'll keep coming back to is, is the knowledge thing. Um, you know, if you go up to any rabbi, priest, imam, you know, um, whatever, um, and say to them, can you please tell me about your religion? They would love to, and they would just speak to you about it, and they would tell you the fundamental truths about it straight away. Whereas, um, I think Scientology you have to go through much more of a very different process to get to that stage, which seems bizarre to me. Mm. But, um, and therefore, yeah, not how I would describe or think of it as a religion. So I feel like the last thing we need to do yeah. is we each have to decide whether Scientology is a cult. I don't think it's good or bad. I was thinking. Tom? I, I, yeah. Tom? As a representative from the show, Scientology. Having been a secret Scientologist as well. Go on, Tom, do you think it, Scientology is a cult? Uh, yes. Sammy, do you think Scientology is a cult? Uh, oh, such hesitation. I think the distinction is unnecessary and there's no difference between a religion and a cult. Oh, interesting oh, implications. Oh, very interesting. <laughs> Ali, uh, Mr. Wood, do you think Scientology I is a cult? Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Miss Totsi, do you think Scientology <laughs> is a cult? I would have to agree, I think it is on this yeah. occasion. Sorry, Scientology. Sorry, Scientology. <laughs> Maybe stop manipulating people then. Please yeah. don't come for it. Yeah. On that note, on that bombshell, uh, we end the, today's podcast and next week we're going to move on to environmental ethics. Thank you very much for joining us.